popping. It's Friday night, so everything is popping. I got stand Welcome to the report, readers, viewers, and listeners to a brand new edition of the Peter Report podcast, Energized by Celsius. As you can see, it's another primetime edition that's been going live on Friday night after a whole day of watching Tampa Bay Buccaneers football, the rookie 2022 draft class, along with a lot of undrafted free agents and players on tryouts as well, too. So we will jump into all of what we saw from day one of Bucks rookie minicamp. I am Matt Matera, and joined with me is none other than SR Scott Reynolds. Scott, how are you doing on this Friday evening? Good, good. It uh, it was good to be back at the facility and watching, I guess we can call it football. I mean, I did see some footballs <laughs> out there. I saw helmets. I saw cleats. We, we saw Buccaneers logos. We saw logo yes. logos all over the place. Um, we saw some talent. I mean, let's give some yeah. credit to the 2022 draft class. Yeah, for sure. Uh, they didn't. They didn't draft nobody's there, but um, there was a clear divide of players that are going to make an impact on this team and players that it's. Thanks for coming out, and yeah. uh, I hope you enjoy this Friday and Saturday practice in Tampa. Exactly. We'll take some pictures of you, you know, with behind the Buccaneer logo. It'd be great to show your kids and grandkids one day. But uh, thanks for your service. We appreciate the, the trial, guys. Listen, there's just not many spots on this roster, right? I mean, I remember yeah. back in the day, you know, in the late 2000s, uh, early 2010s, where, uh, you know, you would expect a handful, five, six, seven, eight undrafted free agents to make the team. Not just get signed, but I'm saying make the team. I mean, there's there were some undrafted free agent signings that, that happened this week, 13 of them, that are just – they're practice squad players. I mean, I, I don't know that any of those guys are going to make the 53. There's even some draft picks, I think probably one, that's not going to make the team this year. It's just loaded. The Buccaneers have got a lot of talent across the board. And so we spent a lot of our time, if you've read our, our insider, our uh, Bucks insider, in terms of the, the rookie minicamp report, we've got that up on pewterreport.com. Definitely check that out. We'll be talking about some of that stuff, but there's some other details in there that Matt and I and JC compiled. So make sure that you read that article on pewterreport.com. We can uh, probably put that here in the chat, right, Matt? But um, yeah, when you look at, at, uh, at the players that we focused on today and the players that we'll probably focus on tomorrow on Saturday when we're out there for day two is the draft picks, right? I mean, those are the players that that uh, have a chance to not only make the team, but also to contribute. And it really started with, with Logan Hall. That was really the guy that we were kind of there to see. And again, with defensive linemen, just like Luke Gadecki, Matt, uh, it, it's not exactly the the primetime showcase running around out there in, in shorts and jerseys uh, to, to accurately show trench play, right. To actually, actually and accurately show what offense and defensive linemen can do. But we did see Logan Hall's movement skills today in terms of, of hitting the bag and uh, the pop-ups and going through some of the agility drills. And you can see, the agility and the athleticism that this guy has and why he was one of the more athletic guys at the defensive tackle spot in this year's draft. That's right. And one of the first things that you really pointed out when we were at practice today, and just for everyone listening that, that, and watching knows Scott, you focus a little bit more on, on the defense today because you are a defensive guy first yep. defense wins championships. Yep. Thank I you. watched Amen. more of the, uh, the offense today 
And JC was kind of all over the place. He watched special teams. He watched a little yeah. bit of offense. He watched a little bit. He was watching his guy, Jose Borgalis. I mean, let's. let's yeah, be yeah. The, right. the Aurora Borgalis, as yeah. I like to call him. <laughs> right. But Logan Hall, as you said, one of the first things I really, you know, pointed that you pointed out was the fact that he's. Well, it was two things. One was the fact that he needs to work on that that first step where it was a little bit of an issue at Houston and it popped up a little bit today as well too. But yeah, the he, biggest he, takeaway he kind, of, he kind of takes a false step sometimes right. during his pass rush, right? Instead of going upfield, it's it's almost like a like a sidestep, a little bit of a lateral movement and you don't have much time to get the quarterback. You want that step to be like into the gap north south. Yeah, that's right. But I think the most encouraging thing was the fact that you noticed his his redirectional abilities right away, where he can go sideline to sideline. If a play is leading you one way and they decide to maybe not necessarily reverse it, but run a sweep the other way, and the, the offense tries to, to fool you up front with the blocking scheme, Logan Hall is going to be able to redirect, go the other way, and just use his speed and his height and his athleticism to really go and get after the ball. It's it's tough with rookie training camp, and you'll see it in OTAs as well too, where you see the star players, and in this case with the rookie class, the star players are the early draft picks, probably right. one through three, I would say. Mm-hmm. And the they were good picks by the Bucs. It just doesn't make for the most entertaining of times when it comes to rookie minicamp when we're talking about defensive tackle and uh, an offensive guard. So right. it was Hall making some good plays, making some just technique plays that you liked. And Gadecki, where I was watching a lot of the offensive line, Mm -hmm. it was, you know, there's only so much you can glean from watching him. He's hitting the back. Yeah, hit the bag. His teammates holding it up. Yeah. I will say, and remember, he was a former tight end that transitioned Mm -hmm. to an offensive lineman. You could see the quick feet. You could see that he's got clean footwork going ahead, going at it right away. Um, he was good on the ladder when the teams were warming up. But then I was really lo- looking too when they were running some drills where the left guard would go and um, use his footwork and move to the right side. And yeah. when you're pulling on traps right. and things mm-hmm. like that, when you're pulling the offensive guard, and I, only, I only saw so many reps, but he looked very clean again doing yeah. that, very fluid, was able to move quite well. I think the biggest takeaway from Ledecky who didn't really play too much during the seven on well during the eleven on elevens? He wasn't out there, even though they had a lot of offensive linemen. And I was a bit curious about that because Logan Hall did get some reps when they mm-hmm. went eleven on eleven. So I don't know if they just want to preserve Gadecki. As you said, there was no glass on the field, so there was no yeah. glass for him to to, to go and eat. <laughs> right. But I would say my biggest takeaway, and you could uh, read it in the article that I just posted in the chat as well too. It was all about Harold Goodwin. Uh, assistant coach Harold Goodwin, who yeah. he works a lot more with the offensive tackles, but uh, Joe Gilbert is actually was not, he won't be at practice this weekend. His daughter is graduating. I don't know if it's high school or college, but he's going to yeah. be at his daughter's graduation. Um, so Goody took over that. And you could see right away, Goody was very loud. Right. He used a lot of expletives that cannot be repeated. On this show, salty language on a Friday, yeah, yeah, some uh, shiitake mushrooms, you know, things like that. Yes, but he was very clearly all about Luke Gadecki. A lot of the offensive linemen, especially, we we've spoken a lot about 
Um, the, the competition at left guard, even before mm-hmm. Ledecky, uh, Gadecki got there, I was thinking Katie Ledecky, the Olympic swimmer, uh, even yeah. before Gadecki got there, there was already a lot of talent on the offensive line, a lot of competition. So a lot of the players in this Bucks rookie minicamp, probably on the offensive line, won't be either there for training camp or won't be there for long by the time cuts come around. But right. Harold Gobin was all over the place with being vocal with, um, with, uh, with Gadecki and, um, Trying to make some points across. You can see a video on our social media on Twitter where they're going through the the ladders, as I mentioned before. And you see, and it's very lightly, so no one freak out, but you see Goodwin kind of tap him on the head a little bit, talking mm-hmm. about what to do, do this a little bit better. He just taps him a little bit. He, ha- he had a piece of paper in his hand. So he was very focused on Gadecki. Again, you're not going to get too much uh, information out of just watching an offensive lineman do one-on-one right. drills. But um I I thought it was at least encouraging moving forward uh, as we get more into the nitty gritty of this. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, you know, it, it, uh, again, with offense and defensive linemen, you're, you're just not going to glean a whole bunch from, from this because uh, the, the mini camps, the OTAs, it's flag football is really what it is, you know? And I think JC Allen would agree. Hey, JC, how are you? Hey, JC. Yeah, it's definitely a little flexible, but I got to say, looking at Gadecki, and I told this to Matt, I'm like, wow, he's thick in all the right places. Yeah, he, he looks the part. There's no <laughs> doubt. He's got a nice, you know, uh, ham hocks for legs. He's got a nice mm. rear end. He's, you know, he's just thick everywhere. And I, yeah. I know people are like, what are you doing? Look at his butt. But that's what you want to look at when an offensive lineman. He's got the characteristics to be a good one, I think. Um, yeah, and, and he's he's solidly proportioned too, right? Like we talked last year about, about Robert Hainsey kind of like having a little bit of twiggy legs. And that's an area that he really needed to get in and work in the weight room. And, and this guy is, is not that he is just solid from, from head to toe. And obviously being from the Midwest, he is corn fed. I mean, he's, he's, (laughs) he's a, he's a, he's a hoss. He's a big dude. And, uh, and it certainly looks the part that that's, that's what you can kind of lean. And, and I think too, that was the thing with, with Logan Hall. I was really curious because, you know, you read these reports, Logan Hall played at 265 last year at Houston, and then he got up to 283 for the Senior Bowl. And I asked him because he looked bigger than that. I mean, I, I was expecting a little bit more of a slender guy, a little tall and leaner, and that's not what I saw at all today. And I think you guys would agree. It's like like this is a guy that is thick. I mean, he's he's starting to get a midsection, which is what you want. You you got to be able to anchor and and hold up against double teams, hold your gap, and he. He definitely looks like a, a defensive tackle. And, you know, Jenna Lane, uh, the ESPN Bucks reporter, a friend of ours, she asked Todd Bowles after practice today uh, about the fact that, you know, he's 6'6". He doesn't really fit the prototype of three techniques because he's so tall and, and long. And really, Todd Bowles kind of took the opposite approach. You know, Bowles said, uh, no, I mean, he is the prototype. He's, he's what you want. It's just there's not many – six foot six defensive tackles out there. I mean, I, I remember, you know, Jacksonville, they had, uh, you know, Marcus Stroud, who was, was a, a big, uh, tall dude. John Henderson was another one. I think those guys were six, six and six, seven back in the day. Keith Millard, you know, hall of famer from Minnesota Vikings. He was six, six. So, and Bowles was even asked about that. And he says, no, that what's happening now is you get those tall, long, big athletic guys, and they're moving to the offensive side. They're, they're instead of becoming defensive tackles, they're becoming offensive tackles. And I think that's 
that's what makes Hall so rare and in Bowles' mind special because right. if if you can't get to the quarterback with your pass rush or if it's a quick you know three step drop and you're just not going to get there anyways, at least you can put your hands up and swat the ball down. And guess what? If it's third down and you bat a ball down, they're punting, and that's, you're, that's yeah, almost you're as good as a sack. You're making a stop, and that, that's something too that I spoke about a little bit where JPP didn't make too much of an impact last year, but he was pretty good at, at getting his hands up. And yes. we spoke about this on the podcast a little bit too. I can just already picture down the road, it's like on Christmas night actually, when the Bucks play the Cardinals. I mean, you're talking about a tiny quarterback <laughs> yes. in Kyler Murray, Logan Five Hall, just putting his yeah, putting yeah. his hand up. I think he's going to get yeah. multiple Him, DBUs. Anthony Nelson, Will Golston, they're all six foot. Yeah, six. It, it's going to be trees, trees yeah. in the forest, just putting their hands up and, and getting those stops. And I really thought it was interesting what Bowles had to say about Logan Hall. Um, here is Bowles speaking about him. It's actually a question that you asked today, Scott, uh, during our press conference with him. Walk up to him, he's a big man, first of all. I don't really look up to anybody. Him being 6'6", and me being about 6'2", I really have to snap my neck, neck to look up at him. But uh, he, He's a very humble guy, but on the field he works hard. He worked very hard at that show today. Obviously, it's shorts and t-shirt, but we, we like the hard work in him. He puts in the work, he puts in the time, and I like that about him. The always comical Todd Ball saying that, you know, he doesn't really talk to too many people that are taller than him, so he's got to snap yeah. his neck um, all the way up. But as far as Logan Hall, I would say, yes, it's early on. It's Bucks rookie minicamp, but so far, so good. I thought it was cool just watching the whole team stretch and warm up today, and he was, um, you know, he's talking with, with Tom Moore, as you've seen the yeah. picture here, too. Obviously, Tom Moore has been coaching for an extremely long time, and even though he's an offensive coach, you know, there's a lot of, wisdom and just insight that Moore can give literally any player that comes into this league. So it was cool to see Hall, who I guess since he was the first pick for the Bucks in this draft, despite it mm -hmm. being in the second round, is kind of usually the first pick in any draft class is the de facto leader uh, right. of that draft class for a team. So I don't know, it was cool to see Hall just take it all in. And that was one of the themes, especially with Rashad White today, about yeah. soaking everything in, just enjoying the the reality of being a, an NFL player and uh, mm -hmm. just getting getting that experience. Yeah. Um, before we, we continue with our Bucks minicamp coverage, uh, a $10 super chat from Leo. We appreciate uh, Leo. Thank you, Leo. Super chats. Um, what's going on with the Bucks? Why are we not signing any more free agents when the Saints have borrowed from the future and signed <laughs> Matthew and Landry? The Bucks are supposed to be all in this year, not seeing it. Okay. Well, all right. Panic, panic, panic. Okay. Well, the thing is, 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 uh, you know, to Tyron Matthew, good safety prospect. The, the Bucks just happen to prefer Keanu Neal. And he's a different type of strong safety. I, I think Tyron Matthew is more of a free safety slash nickel guy, anyways. The Buccaneers opted for Logan Ryan instead. And, and the free safety is a pro bowler in Antoine Winfield, right? So, I mean, it's it's not that that you know uh, Tyron Matthews a bad player, it's just and, and trust me, uh, if anybody knows is Todd Bowles right JC I mean he's he's got more insight into, into right. Tyron Matthew than anybody like his stepdaughter married him, <laughs> right? It's you know uh, you know 
there's so many holes on this roster. Oh, wait, there's really not. So I don't understand. the. We need to sign free agents. We need to sign free agents. We talked about Matthew and Bowles became the head coach. And he's like, you know, we'll have to take a, a discount. I don't know if we can offer him that much of a steep family discount. But obviously not. He signed for $11 million a year around that area. And, you know, he would would he have been a weapon? Of course he would have. But you can't sign everybody, right? And I think yeah. right now the Bucks went in the draft, addressed the major holes, and everyone wants a wide receiver. Jarvis Landry is not really a good fit in this offense, anyways. But yeah. you know what? Do you, I think Russell Gage is better. Yeah, you I, I think Russell Gage is better than Jarvis Landry. So he wants the names. It's every year. Yeah. Every name yeah. that's got every name that's out there. Everybody wants to bring those names. It's Julio Jones. It's this guy. It's that guy. And yeah, that's not how you build a team. You build a team yeah. by listen. Exactly if Julio Jones was still good, he would be on a roster somewhere. Okay, he's not right. the same guy. Right. It's just like those people out there. That, that say, you know, we need to re-sign Jason Pierre-Paul and, and Adamican Sue. Nobody's asking to sign Adamican Sue, okay? He's 35. Mm. The film's out there for everybody to see. And, you know, it, it, last time I checked, uh, uh, JC, and you made this observation today, uh, this guy's wearing number 90, right? <laughs> They've turned the page on Jason Pierre-Paul. He's not coming back. And I think the only way Sue comes back is if there is an emergency type situation, if there's a drastic injury. Uh, otherwise, I just don't see it. And I don't know what, what uh, Sue's asking price is. I don't know if he wants to play anywhere else aside from Tampa. You know, if he's just like, hey, if I'm gonna go, if I'm gonna go back and play, it's gonna be with the scheme I already know, with the team I already know. Uh, otherwise, I'm happy, you know, starting my financial future, <laughs> you know, as a as a an Wall advice Street. giver, you know, exactly. On Wall Street. I don't know. I don't know. But, but, um, you know, uh, and at some point in time, it, it, like the, the league tells you too, right? The league will tell right. you when you're done. And sometimes these players don't understand that. But when nobody wants you, when you go unsigned, you're done. Right. I was banging the table two years ago before Ryan Sucker came in for Steven Gostowski. I'm like, bring him in, bring him in. And the league decided that they were done with him. One of the yeah. most accurate field goal kickers of all time. Yeah. But Cali Buck, Bucks brings up the point, you know, about injuries, right? You know, we need, it's about loading up in, in, in the event of injuries. Well, that's all good and well, but good luck convincing these veteran players that have been starters throughout their entire career mm -hmm. that, hey, you're going to sit on the bench, maybe see like five to 10 snaps a game. But, you know, in case of injury, you can get in and start. It's yeah. not going to happen. That's how you build. You build the depth. You build from within. You build those guys up. You draft. You develop them. And then sometimes, yes, maybe you can get a guy. We've I, I highlighted them and we talked about them. Or you, you and Matt talked about them last week. Some of the guys you can bring in here. Or maybe mm -hmm. it was Monday even. You know, like a Trey Flowers or a Keem Hicks or right. Shelton Richardson. Those types of players that you guys out there are fine with rotational roles. But you're, we're yeah. not going to yeah. get. Ryan Matthew in here. We're not going to get all Jarvis Landry in here to be a number four, sit on the bench. You know, we're not going to, we'll use you when we use. And you yeah. And, and that's the, that's the, the last point I want to make about Matthew and, and Landry going to the saints. Matthew was just always going to be too much, too much money. So what did the Bucks right. do instead? They got cheaper options with Keanu mm -hmm. Neal at safety and Logan Ryan, who could play some safety and play nickel. So you got two secondary players for the price of one with new Orleans going with the honey badger. And right. Jarvis Landry, well, 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 let yeah. me ask you, let me ask you, would you rather have Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and Russell Gage, or Michael Thomas and Jarvis Landry? A hundred times. Olave. Yeah, and Chris, and Chris Olave. Yeah. I still, a hundred times out of a hundred, I'm right. taking the receivers that the Bucks have. So yes. 
yeah, for for everyone that's upset about that, just look at what Tampa Bay already did. They just made their moves a little bit earlier. And let's not forget, they still got Gronk on the pipeline. And when Gronk right. gets here, that's going to be a significant uh, addition. Yeah. So the, the Bucks have been making moves. It's just, you know, right. they're not going to be in the line. As much as they've been in the limelight with news throughout the last two or three years, they're not going to be in the news every single day. I and today it was just the Saints. I think people are underrating Russell Gage, how good he can be in this offense, too. I agree. I, I feel like that's like severe thing. Everyone's like, Godwin, Godwin, what about Godwin? He mm. might not be ready. Well, Russell Gage was almost insurance for that because he's been, he has the inside outside versatility. Now, after that, I guess you can make some question marks yeah. with Perriman and Grayson, but you have to be impressed by what Grayson was able to do last year. And Matt asked some wonderful questions to the offensive. Uh, mm -hmm. coaches this past week um, about that and about his progression and they're very high on him so maybe there's a maybe there's an option where out there you know we're, we're getting past June 1st now yeah. coming up soon and June 1st cuts and then training camp cuts and then maybe one of these guys maybe a Julio Jones does decide to come for a wide receiver four and you have that kind of balance out but as of right now you gotta just you have what you have we're, we're talking about three roster spots here and every you know, and there's a lot of people out there. What about Scotty Miller? What about Scotty? The team's still high on Scotty Miller, right? He had a significant injury, right? And and he's made some big plays before. We've heard both Kevin Garver and Byron Leftwich say that was a bad injury, happened at a bad time, right? And and honestly, when he when he came back, he wasn't the same guy. Now he's had the offseason to heal, and and I I believe that that he could be a four, five, or six, right? Maybe Tyler Johnson gets back to where he was in terms of catching touchdowns and a better yards per catch average two years ago than he did last year. Right? remember he came to camp a little bit out of shape and overweight. That was noted. And he ended up playing a lot kind of by default, but Brashard Perriman, you know, he's, he's, he did make the touchdown catch the winning catch against the Buffalo bills. He didn't do a whole bunch outside of that. Is he capable of more? We'll see. This team is still going to be giving Jalen Darden another shot. They drafted him in the fourth round. Uh, maybe the light bulb comes on for him in year two. We're talking about wide receiver spots, four, five, and six. And you mentioned Cyril Grayson, too, who I think probably out of the guys I just mentioned, probably the arrow pointing up because this is a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately league, and he was the guy that was doing it at the end of the season when A.B. was out, right? So – I think they're going to be okay with their in-house options. Then you throw in Stearns and Tompkins, some of those guys that we saw mm -hmm. today, um, the, the Texas uh, Tech kid, uh, Geiger. Geiger, you know, yeah. and, yeah. you know, yeah. And, you know, that that's, that's Tompkins. He's a very small guy, um, very small, very thin, fast, <laughs> um, probably a little bit lighter today, Matt, after practice, wouldn't you say? He lost oh. a couple of pounds. Yeah. Oh my God. Well, yeah. So, so for Bucks fans that didn't know, well, obviously because we weren't able to film it at this point or whatever. But you know, they're they're running seven on sevens and eleven on elevens, and they're in the middle of it. And one of the receivers started coming a little bit like closer towards us, only a couple steps, and I believe it was Geiger, and um, he just started puking a little bit. Yeah. He just, you know, he upchucked the boogie as as the song goes with the with Kid Rock, and I'm like. I'm like, oh, my God, he's puking, he's puking. It wasn't like a Donovan McNabb in the Super Bowl type of puke, right. but there was uh, there were some chunks on the field, Yeah, and then, then he just spit up Tompkins. a little bit. Sorry, I think it was Tompkins. I think was it was Tompkins? Tompkins? Okay. It was Tompkins. Yeah. Yeah. It was yeah. Tompkins. Uh, sorry, Geiger. I'm not it's, trying it's, to uh, it's not, call it's you It's not out, always but... the best look, right, at, at yeah. your first you know minicamp. 
Traylon Burks threw up everywhere today for the Titans. So did he? Okay. And it was a lot more than what Geiger threw up. So okay. I, mean, I, hey, I mean, that's a number one guy who we all would have loved for the box yeah. to take at twenty seven. Yeah. If you were there and, you know, <laughs> Leave it to Peter Report to like get into the amount of vomit the wide receiver spew at day one of Bucks rookie minicamp, and then compare <laughs> compare you know what Tompkins threw up compared to what Burks threw up. Right. And you're only going to get that at Peter Report. Else. Well, you know, we, we just we just report the facts. We just That's try right. to give you as much in-depth information yeah. uh, that we possibly can. And speaking of going in-depth with information, uh, you got to go in-depth with all the flavors that they have oh boy. for Celsius energy oh drinks. I mean, I am rocking the – I had a Celsius earlier, but I'm also rocking the sparkling pomegranate right now too. And yeah, that's the that's beauty of Celsius is that there are multiple – you got the orange today. Okay, yeah, awesome. But the beauty of Celsius is that there are multiple different flavors. Uh, you see it right there, the tropical vibe, the sparkling wild berry. They got uh, watermelon, strawberry, kiwi, guava. The peach vibe is one of my favorites. You can't go wrong with any type of flavor. That includes cola and the Arctic, Arctic vibe. But as great as the taste is, the most important part and why you're drinking Celsius energy is because of the fuel it gives you. It gives you that drive to go out and crush that workout, to go and crush your work day. Or if you got a long three-hour drive like I have recently. Or just wake your ass up in the morning, Matt. Yeah, just start your day. (laughs) You know, substitute it for coffee. Um, You get all that energy that you want, but none of the, you know, the post-energy drink jitters, none of the crash in the afternoon after you have your energy drink. Celsius, between the flavor and the energy that you're going to get, I would put it up over any other energy drink that right. uh, you know, you can get at the market. And it's everywhere, too. You can go to your local gas stations, bodegas, everything else in between. They have Celsius energy drinks all over the place. So uh, make sure you go to CelsiusEnergy.com. You can also go to Amazon, buy a bundle package there, too, and uh, have it st- sent straight to your door because Celsius yeah. is everywhere now. Just be careful how late you drink it. That's uh, true. Yes. I, I had uh, some during the... the, yeah. the it schedule. works too well sometimes. <laughs> the schedule game, I didn't fall asleep till like 1.30. I laid out yeah. in bed and like, I told the guys, this, so I had like existential, like, what is earth? What is... What is yeah. it, was, it was great. But I also pumped out five stories. So take That's it from true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You, you were definitely cranking it out last night. Uh, as your Boston Bruins uh, stayed alive. Yes. South just South like the Tampa Bay Lightning. Stayed alive. Stand alive, get seven. Here it comes. Stand alive, stand alive. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Friday night. I've been nowhere done. Yeah, <laughs> so, exactly. It's Friday. The vibes, the vibes are a little bit different. Yeah. So hopefully. All right. Okay. Move, well, move, hang on. Hang on. Let's Sorry, let's talk one more thing about Logan Hall because there there was oh, yeah, a comment in here that I wanted to get to that we were talking about Logan Halls and. And let's see where. Well, while you look for it, I just want to say I was watching Logan Hall um, do his some of his drills on the bags and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean the the get off is there. Like that get off is legit there. One thing I did notice about him though is, and he's said he's got to work on it. We've all said that he wants got to work off on it. He he's a little high sometimes. He can play a little high because he's so tall. And me and Scott, both of both of us saw that. You know, one of them wasted rep with a with a wasted movement before. So it's just things to work on. But I mean, yeah. they've, they've got they're gonna get it. Yeah, and 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 you, you know who is like the um, the real adamant one about the pad level? It's not Casey Rogers. It's Lori Locust. 
Oh yeah. I, I mean, she like, like I've talked to Will Goldstein about it, and she is just adamant about pad level. Will got to get your pad level down, down, down. Will down every down, down. And so she's going to be, you know, Logan Hall, yeah, Logan Hall's new best friend when it comes to the pad level thing. I mean, Will Goldstein will will tell him that like, look out, here comes Lori talking about your pad <laughs> level because. Like that is her thing, you know, and it may be, you know, and I'm just keeping it real. I mean, she is a female and she is shorter. And so I, I, I think, I think that's the positive, right? It's like, that's what Bruce Arian said. When you've got different people, right. Of, of different races and genders and skill sets and backgrounds coming into the coaching staff to give a full fledged diverse opinion. That's what she brings to the table, right. Is, She's like, get down. Like, you you know, you're six foot six. That's great. It works awesome when you are reaching out to grab quarterbacks and, you know, and, and trying to bat balls down. But when you're trying to get that initial surge and anchor, hold your gap, the line of scrimmage and all of that, um, you know, th- th- that's that's one of those those things that that really come into play. JC is when you're when you're looking at uh, those big, tall long-armed defensive lineman, um, pad level is everything, right? I mean, it, it can work for you on third downs when you're holding your hands up, but it, work, it can work against you on first downs when you're trying to anchor against the double team and, uh, you know, and all of that. Right, exactly. And it'll be something that he's going to work on. I mean, we, we said the kind of the same thing about Joe Tryon uh, when he was, you know, before he came out, obviously he he opted out for his final season. Yeah. And you know when we when he studied the tape, he saw some wasted movement. We saw some high pad level yeah. at times, and he worked on it all off all season while he opted out. And you know he came in, and you didn't see as much of it. You know, and now right. they're they're working with some of the best coaches in the league. Casey oh, Rogers, yeah. the defensive lineman yeah. uh, line coach of the year, just la- what last year, the year before. I mean, yeah. they've got some really talented coaches. They're gonna whoop his butt into shape. And make sure that he is playing with his pad level low, and that he is not wasting any movements on that first step because just, he's got such an explosive one when yeah. he delivers it. I like the fact that he's two ninety right now, right? I he said that. he was two ninety, and 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 again, it's like you're, you know, I was even kind of worried a little bit. Like he played at two sixty five. Actually, Logan today said, "No, I played at two seventy last year. I'm up to two ninety now." Remember, Todd Bowles said we think he can get up to two ninety five, maybe three mm-hmm. hundred to play there, and. You know, he, he's built a little differently than Gerald McCoy. And I wrote about this in the Insider today. But Gerald McCoy was 295 coming out of Oklahoma, right? There's a five pound difference. So when people say Logan Hall is too light to play defensive tackle, three technique, and all that, he really isn't. Especially now that he's, I mean, listen, at 270, yes. But at 290, he's getting up there. And and as, as he gets a year or two into an NFL weightlifting program, there's going to be some struggles this year. I'm telling you right now, there's going to be some ugly plays. It's so hard for defensive tackles to come in and, and and forget the word dominate to be good. It's hard. I remember Warren Sapp in 1995, my first year on the job covering what was good. I mean, this was a first round pick probably should have been number one overall fell to the bucks at 12, right? Um, All American, uh, you know, award winner at Miami, this guy was phenomenal. He had three sacks as a rookie. Okay, yeah. it wasn't until 1997 that Warren Sapp truly became Warren Sapp. So 
it takes some time. I expect it'll take Logan Hall some time too. Yeah, there, there's going there's going to be a learning curve for Logan Hall a little bit this year. And we actually spoke to Logan Hall after practice today, where he talked a little bit about just his overall expectations for him in this rookie mini camp, training camp, and, and for the season coming up. <laughs> Expectations for the season, I'm just trying to, uh, you know, feel whatever role I'm given. You know, obviously I want to be a starter. Obviously I'm going to work hard trying to obtain, obtain that. But I'm just going to do everything in my power for the team. Another thing Hall was asked about, too, I'm curious to get your guys' opinion on it. Um, he was asked about if he spoke with the coaches, and I think we all – predict that he's going to mostly be a three tech for the bucks uh, on the defensive line at defensive mm-hmm. tackle. But he talked about that. He can, he can be versatile. He can move around mm-hmm. along this defensive line. Um, do you see him moving around this year at all? Or do you think that, cause we saw it with Joe try and Now that yeah. was more of because he was rotating at outside linebacker because JPP was there. Yeah. So they moved JTS inside. Do you see them moving around Logan Hall at all, or just strictly, all right, let's just focus on, this one job and we'll worry about the rest of it, you know, in seasons to come. I think it really depends on what else they do at the position. If they bring it back, Sue, if they bring in a guy like Richardson or a guy like uh, Akeem Hicks, I can see them saying, okay, you're going to, we're going to make sure you learn this position, but we also are going to be able to utilize you in different ways. If Mm -hmm. not, I think that, yeah, I mean, they're going to stick him. Hey, this is your position. You're going to learn this position. You know, maybe we'll do some different things with you, but like for the most part, this is, exactly what we want you to do perfect this position then next year we'll be able to move you around a little bit but he definitely yeah. has versatility too mm-hmm. i agree I, i'll say this too uh i agree with everything you said jc so I, i'll add a different point don't get so wrapped up about the depth at, at defensive line right now right because if you remember jason light i think i want to say it was before the 2015 season 2014 15 16 i'm getting old so i don't remember dates as well as i used to but, <laughs> but he, he, picked, he, he picked up yeah, thanks for reminding me uh, I, I got my friggin aarp card in the mail like a week after i turned 50 like those son of a bitches yeah. don't waste any time it's ridiculous it's like i just turned 50 slow hold your horses you know um but the thing is 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 he picked jason and i picked up uh jackie smith who was a big-time pass rusher for the Bucks for a couple of years till a knee injury kind of ended his career, uh, the week before the season started. He did the same thing with Carl Nassib, claiming him off waivers, former third-round pick from the Browns. And you know, Carl Nasty became a, a pretty decent player for the Buccaneers for a couple of years. Team captain. And, yeah, team captain too. So, I, you know, I'm not going to panic about this. Steve McClendon is another guy that when Vita Bay went down, he traded for. So Jason Light believes in the trenches, offense and defensive line, right? He spent a first-round pick on Vita Vea, right? Defensive tackle, he spent a first-round, or almost a first-round pick, on Logan uh, Hall. So to me, I'm not as concerned about it. I think what what they want to do is have Logan Hall have a starter mentality, a starter mindset, right, which is different, right? Because when you come in as a rookie backup, even like Rashad White, we'll talk about him in a second, the running back. You know, he comes in, not as much pressure, right, because Leonard Fournette's the guy. Right. He wants to be the guy, but, you know, you're coming in and you know that you're not the starter. Right. I, I think they want to put, hey, listen, we need you to start. 
we want you to have that starter mentality, get all the reps you can, and and then if they need somebody, you can always add an Akeem Hicks later. You can always you know throw a lifeline out to Sue later, et cetera. But you're getting Logan Hall all the reps in training camp. If you're Akeem Hicks, you can come in on uh, on a week before the season opener and still play 20, 25 snaps on opening day. Right. You're a veteran. Like you, you know how to play the position. You know what to do. You know, playing Cram. defensive line is not that hard in terms of this is your gap responsibility. When we twist, we're doing this. We, is it ET? That, is it TE twist? What are we doing? And at that point, he's just learning the game install. He's not learning the entire playbook. He'll learn that as he as he exactly. goes. So, exactly. I mean, that's that's yeah. So I, I, agree. I think that's the game plan with, with with Logan Hall is get him as many reps as you can in training camp because. If you bring in another defensive tackle and you're having one more guy in the rotation and splitting the reps, it's less learning that Logan Hall is getting in camp. And you want him to have that accelerated learning curve, not one that's just kind of like, you know, slow and steady. Right. Yeah, that, that's a good point. And I, I think some people just have an issue of we live so much in the moment. We want things right now and right away. We almost forget that. OK, yeah, you still have June, July and even into yeah. The middle of August, where you can bring guys in, Scott. You brought up awesome examples of you know getting massive later, even someone different position, but even like Leonard Fournette. Let's remember Leonard Fournette came very late into the year. So uh, here's Logan Hall actually talking about playing three tech versus moving around the defensive line. Coach Bowles told you at all, like what your role will be, or, or maybe how much you're going to be moving around, or are you just kind of kind of stay. Uh, as far as I know, right now I'm really technique. Um, you know, having those conversations with Coach Bowles, I mean, um, I've made it known that I do have the ability to play in other positions, and he's recognized that. But uh, this first year, I, I would think that I'm a three technique. Obviously, other things have to, I have to really fill some roles. What's it been like playing for Casey Rogers, who's not just your defensive line coach, but also co defensive coordinator? Oh, he's awesome. He's really uh, cerebral, really good at explaining things. He's funny, um, really likable coach. And, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to you know, getting to know him a little bit better. Guys, one of the great things about studying, watching tape, and just discussing players on the defensive line, the offensive line as well, is they get nasty in there. They they go at it. They bowl over people. Um, but yeah. when I like to bowl, not over people, uh, I like to go bowling at I like to go bowling at uh, pin chasers, as you can see on the screen here, folks. If you don't know about pin chasers by now. You are missing out. They have multiple locations, as you can see on the screen here in Midtown and Veterans. They have one very close to the Buccaneers facility, the Advent Health Training Center. You see Zephyr Hills and East Pasco there as well. But Pin Chasers is more than just a bowling alley. It's a great place to go to, to have a fun night out with your friends, to have a fun night out with your family. You want to book your kid's birthday party. You got, obviously, tons of bowling. They have an arcade as well, too, so kids can run around, bowl a little bit, play some more video games and everything like that. The food is extremely underrated, and it's great, too, that you could just order it. They'll bring it right to your lane. You don't even have to get up. You could just sit, chill, bowl, and enjoy some great food. And what's also awesome is that they have different deals literally every single night. They got all-you-can-eat pizzas. They got $1 Miller Lights. They got all-you-can-bowl. So make sure you go to pinchasers.net to see what deals they got going on. They have awesome brunch deals as well over the weekend so maybe you can go 
this weekend. And with the summer coming up too, we all know how hot it gets here in Tampa. You're going to want to be in a place where they are bumping and blasting that AC. And that's exactly what you get at Pin Chasers. So go to pinchasers.net to reserve a lane or book your party. And you'll be helping out a fellow Bucks fan with Anthony Peroni who has season tickets. So again, go to pinchasers.net to find out more information. All right. We talked a lot about uh, Logan Hall and just overall the defensive line. We talked about Luka Decky as well, too. But I think as far as the draft class, and again, with this rookie, Bucks rookie mini camp, you're not going to get too much in the trenches. But you can find right. some things out about, you know, the skill positions. And yes. the, the skill position that was on display today and for this whole draft in terms of who's going to be scoring points mm-hmm. for the Bucks would be running back Rashad White. And guys, I was watching him. JC, you were watching him as well, too. The first thing we talked about before he even, you know, caught a pass or or ran a route or got a handoff was just that, for me, this guy is bigger than <laughs> what I thought he was, like, in person. This guy is built like a brick house. He's got a great upper body. Uh, JC, you were wiling out over his quads. Like, this guy just things. has the <laughs> look. He has the look of a, a star running back. Like, more than, and I'm not going to try to diss these guys too much, but he just has that superstar look that Keyshawn Vaughn just doesn't have or Ronald Jones didn't have. I'm not really trying to knock mm-hmm. these guys too much, but I just – it's only one practice. There's a long way to go. But I see something – You just it's the vibe that you pick up yes. with Rashad White that you think he's going to do some special things here. And he was picking things up right away, which uh, I thought was really cool to see. Yeah, and he's not just like big, like built wise too. I mean, he dwarfed like he made the other running backs that were brought in, Leard and and Jordan Jace just look tiny. I mean, because he's such a strong build, he's wide built, he's tall built, and he was he was all over the place catching passes. You know, they weren't really doing too many running plays and stuff like that. But you saw him over in field drills, had good footwork, and uh, I'm excited to see what he can do in pads because uh, you know. SR Scott put me on to him with the first mock draft. Yeah. As soon as I do- dove into that tape, I was like, wow, this kid's something special. I, I am so excited to see what he too. looks like with pads on. Yeah. And and uh, what I like about the kid is is uh, the, the, the plays are good, right? The highlight tape, once I kind of understood, because I remember the first time I, I, I put on his highlight reel. That's what I do first. I look at the highlight reel, see if there's enough traits to get me interested. Then, then if I feel like he could be a Bucks fit, then I go to the actual game tape. Okay, now show me the bad runs, right? Show me the missed blocking assignment and pass pro. Show me the fumble, right? I want to get a, a, a clear look at the kid, but the, the highlight tape is what kind of sells me. And it's nice to know Bruce Arians has got the exact same approach. That's how he scouts guys too, is, is show me the good stuff first. If the good stuff is good enough, then I'll, I'm interested. But um, – I didn't quite get his running style a little bit. I, I watched, you know, a, a seven-minute highlight tape. I, I, I think I texted to John, and I said, "What do you make of this guy?" I'm not sure if I love him or hate him, you know. But it, <laughs> but it wasn't like if I like him or dislike him. It was like, do I love him or do I hate him? And and I, I loved him. I went back and watched it again. I watched some of the, of the, the tape, and he just he kind of glides. He's just got this like long stride gliding. He. To me, Matt, and this kind of speaks to your point, he looked like a professional football player playing college football. You know, and it just, it's kind of weird. Like, I'm trying to think of some other examples. Adrian Peterson was that way. 
this kid's not going to be anywhere near Adrian Peterson. But Adrian Peterson, uh, Derrick Henry's another one. I know these are more bigger, more muscular yeah. backs, but but I'm just saying sometimes you see a running back. I, I thought Kareem Hunt honestly looked like a professional running back at, at Toledo, uh, but he was in college. But what really stood out to me was, and we all heard the story, and I think a lot of Buccaneer fans have heard it either from our podcast or from the press conference or, or whatever, but uh, Jason Light was talking about when he came to the facility, he had a football in his hand, almost like the program, the old, the old movie, the program, you know, where the, the running back was, was walking around because he fumbled in the game and the coach made him here. You take this ball wherever you go to class, all that stuff, and all of his teammates are trying to knock it out of his hands and all that. This kid carried a football around the the team's facility on the top thirty visit. Like, what are you doing? Like, I just love having a football in my hands, right? <laughs> so today, um, he shows up and signs his, his contract. Right, he gets fitted for his helmet, and then he wants to take his helmet back to the hotel. And and they're like, no, you can't take the helmet back to the hotel. Like that's you said that stays here in the locker room. And he's like, well, <laughs> well I just want to take it. And they're like, why do you want to take your helmet? He's like, because I want to wear it. Because <laughs> he hadn't worn a helmet since, the senior, since the, yes, senior it's the senior bowl, which he called the Reese's Bowl, by the way, which yeah. I love because it is the Reese's Senior Bowl. Correct. So he's just he's just helping out with the sponsorship. And he said too that he wanted to like he he was watching the the Dallas Mavericks versus Phoenix Suns NBA playoff game and, and yeah. the Heat versus the 76ers. And he's like, Well, since I haven't worn it since February, like I almost I missed the feeling. He's just a guy that loves just football. Loves football. Everyone says loves that they it. love football, yeah. but this guy, no, this guy wanted to hold it. the football, wanted to wear the helmet yeah. all the time. <laughs> this man loves football. And we actually have video of Rashad White talking about said uh helmet situation where You're all he wanted to bring it back to his it. hotel, but fortunately the Bucks would not let him. Uh I mean whatever coach needs me to do. Uh, like I said, I'm just here every day competing. Uh obviously like I said you got goals and expectations as a player but whatever coaches need me to do I'm gonna do it to my Capability and, and my best ability. Rashad, what were you planning on doing with the helmet? Uh, I mean, we got, you know, installs and things like that. And uh, sure, I was just going to wear my helmet. I was going to watch some Mavs game last night. And <laughs> you watched the, uh, watch the other game, the Philadelphia 76ers with a helmet on, the visor. I'm like, I just wanted to wear it. I mean, you, you get it like sleep with it too? Like, I mean. I mean, if I had fell asleep, yeah. Did I you do that in college? <laughs> like, that can't get, I mean, is it really, is it that comfortable wearing those? And like, you're trying to watch TV and. I ain't gonna lie, I didn't do that in college, but I mean, you know, you, it's been a drought. Like, uh, I mean, I ended up was able to, uh, to have the, you know, luxury to go to Reese's Bowl. So that was the last time I put on the helmet, and that was, you know, February. So it's just been a long time, I feel like. So, uh, you know, I miss wearing a helmet and things like that. So yesterday just happened, things like that. Yeah, I was trying to take one of the let me. I just love that he yeah. said it so nonchalantly. Like, yeah, yeah, I just wanted to wear the helmet. Like, he's genuinely disappointed. He was genuinely disappointed. <laughs> yeah, he didn't see. He didn't see like any big deal with it. But I, I think that just speaks a lot about what we were just talking about. Where he he loves football and he just has that natural instinct of uh, one of the things that really stood out to me. Well, first of all, he caught every single pass, so he's already a yeah. step ahead. Of Keyshawn Vaughn, but I was almost just as impressed of what, what he was of what he was doing, even when he wasn't on a rep. When he was yeah. just standing there, he was pointing things out. We all three of us saw it. He was yeah. pointing things out. He was, he was talking glued to, to Todd McNair's right side. To he was talking to Todd McNair, probably asking him questions too. He was just trying to make himself better at literally any aspect mm -hmm. that he could, and that was one of the things that really stood out to me more than. 
really any other player that was out there. Like maybe he didn't necessarily make every single play, but again, it's day one of Bucks rookie yeah. minicamp. There's a long way to go, but uh, so far, I Rashad White's got to be up there. It's like one of the most standout players here. He's serious about football. Logan Hall is serious about football. Luke Decky knows nothing other than tractors in football. Right. Yes, he was the, one of the only players too, Gadecki, to stay late on the field and work on some different technique things and yeah. stuff like that. I mean, th- 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 that's that's why you scout these players. You're not just drafting the player, you're drafting the person, and you got to have both because you can have a good player who has some flash and has some athleticism, but th- the person can flake out on the team, right? And, and the Buccaneers, they went through that with Antonio Brown last year in the Jets game, right? I mean, he flaked out. You can't help the club when you're, you know, peace out and prancing around off the field, right? So that's what – that's why I'm so high in this draft class is because yeah. they they have the guys that, that have really good ability, but they're really high-character, hardworking, serious guys, and J.C., with this coaching staff, and I was talking about this with Rick Stroud today, the, the reason why Tony Dungy was successful, the reason why John Gruden was successful, the reason why Bruce Arians is successful, and why Todd Bowles will be as well, is because you can have a talented roster, right? Players play the game. This is a player's league. You have to have talent. Right. But I've seen plenty of talented players come into this organization, not get coached properly, not get developed, and and just flame out and just not live up to the potential and the reason why dungy and gruden and arians and i think bowls will have success is because of their assistance this is a tremendous coaching staff just like those in jc talent is great but it has to be developed at this level and and you mentioned harold goodwin you know out there and you too matt uh coaching up gadecki right Casey Rogers. I mean, this is an, I, I think almost an all-star coaching staff. And yeah. if you get the players that have the work ethic and the talent, these coaches are going to get the most out of them. Yeah. And you guys said it too. These guys love football. They're football players. And another guy who was, you know, even doing stuff I saw on the side, Kate Otten was taking mental reps. You know, he yeah. couldn't be out there because he's recovering from surgery. And yeah. I, we asked Todd Bowles, and he said, you know, he's day to day as of right now. But he was over there taking mental reps and kind of slowly doing some walkthroughs as well. So I'm talking to Van Dam a few times. These guys love football and they want to get better. And they, and they, they want to. I'm gonna apologize to the chat. I made a mistake the other day in referencing Jean Claude Van Dam. Um, I said that he was French. He's actually not. He's from Belgium. So he, he was the muscles from Brussels. That was the nickname. So I apologize <laughs> for my faulty 80s reference. I thought I had it nailed down. I did. That's big about of you. It's big of you to admit it. I, I try. Yeah, try to be I accurate. Mean, these, these guys don't just love football. Don't just want to take out. They, they, they're striving to get better. And I yeah. think that was such a good part of this draft class is you you know we talked about guys with maybe some character issues you know here and there um that could have but they they stuck to their board and they stuck mm-hmm. and they brought guys in who love football and nobody let me tell you something nobody showed that more at their press conference than zion mccullum i i guys i don't know about you but i was cheesing right along with him the entire time his his personality is just infectious like i yeah. just he was so excited to be there and I, and not only was he excited to be there, he showed up too. 
yeah, he's he's got the athleticism. And whereas Logan Hall's size, his length was impressive. He made a very good first impression, obviously, today. Uh, we said that in, in our Bucks Insider. This kid right here, there's workout warriors, right? There's combine wonders that really can't translate to more athletes and football player. This guy, this guy has, has athleticism that, that just goes on and on and on. And and you saw it in his backpedal. You saw it how he could turn and run with wide receivers. I don't think anybody got behind him. Uh, and of course, he's not going up against Mike Evans and Chris Godwin yet. Russell Gage, five seven wide receivers. So yeah, yeah. yeah. But but just the anticipation to you know uh, to read the the quick throw to the flat and anticipate and and make a play on the ball. Uh, it, you know. He, he certainly didn't look lost. It looks like this kid, and, and you look at the production, 54, inter, or 54 pass breakups, 13 career interceptions, the athleticism, and the instincts. That's why they drafted this kid. And he's smiling all the time. He's got a, he's got a thirst for football. He wants to learn. Um, he, he's, he's got me excited, too. I, 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 yeah, I he, really like your draft class. He was so happy. It was just awesome was to awesome. see. Like everyone, as, as as you said, JC, like it was infectious. Like everyone else was really happy to too. Like he was just so appreciative, appreciative. And it was just really great to see. You know, you can be serious and and love football as we talked about, but you could also, you know, have a, a feel for the moment as well, too. And I thought one quote that McCollum had that was that was really cool is he he's banking a lot on or just learning a lot from cornerbacks coach Kevin Ross, where he talked about that Kevin Ross has helped him so much that the field has been shorter for yes. him. And he, yeah. he talked about just how you have so many different assignments and, and you know, your, your college asks you to do so many things here. And then you go to the NFL and things get flipped and things go in different directions. And they ask you to do different things. And he said that Kevin Ross has really helped him so much with this transition coming to the NFL and it's still very early, but to shrink the field and have you just focused and, and honed in on something like yeah. that, I think it's going to be really important for him, especially because, you know, he's a fifth round pick and a lot of times fifth round picks, you could get some playing time, but you're a bit of a long shot or, you know, also a bit of an underdog, some would right. say. And uh, speaking of underdogs, oh. you got to go to man, man, underdog fantasy. Uh, another sponsor of the Peter Report podcast. As you see here on the screen, they have a $10 million prize going on right now for Best Ball Mania. It's Best Ball Mania 3. And, folks, I encourage you to get in on this earlier, early as early as possible, because last year when they did Best Ball Mania, they had a user at Underdog Fantasy. They did their draft in June. And they ended up winning $2 million. I think Underdog Fantasy Ooh. is so much fun because you can draft players and just set it and forget it. All right? People love doing drafts, but there's a lot of, you know, issues and technicalities of, oh, this player's on a bye week. Who am I going to pick up in free agency? Oh, this player is playing hurt, not getting the production that I want, or they're going up against a really tough defense. Maybe I should switch this out. Nope. In Underdog Fantasy, you just pick your team, and they accumulate all the points for every single for every single game. So you don't have to worry about waivers, trades, all this different stuff. You draft your team and you go and you head into the season. And on top of that too, they have weekly and daily fantasy. So maybe you don't like the team that you drafted a, a month ago. All right, you're feeling good about week 11, week 12. I like the, I like the that, that the Bucks have. Just play that week. We're going to have a lot of Pewter Report 
underdog fantasy leagues uh, when the NFL season kicks off, including daily fantasy and weekly fantasy. So make sure you go to underdogfantasy.com, use the promo code Pewter, uh, and get a discount or get a get a free deposit with your uh, signing up at Underdog Fantasy. So that's underdogfantasy.com. Again, $10 million in prizes if you play Best Ball Mania 3. So why not take a flyer on that? $10 million. Everyone could use $10 million except for like the richest people like Elon Musk and, and other billionaires. But odds are $10 million, why not? It's yeah, He's Chris Godwin as well, too. Russell Gage, he got a pretty good contract. Russell Gage has got 10, yeah, yeah, exactly. But you know, it, it's it's low risk with an extremely high reward. So, again, go to Underdog Fantasy for more uh information. Ten million dollars, <laughs> check it out for sure. Love okay, that. um, Coquifed, you know, a little Coquifed action. Uh, what, what I noticed about Coquifed is being from Minnesota, Minnesota. Minnesota, don't you know? Minnesota. Um, he's pale. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. He's pale. Like, he's welcome to Florida, pale. dude. Like, you're going to need some sunscreen. I'm just saying. Right? It's like, I mean, I knew he was a ginger, right? Um, but this guy, wow. I mean, he he is he's white. He's and like there was some cloud coverage today. because <laughs> Yes. Well said, JC. There was some cloud coverage, and that, that really helped him. But this is a guy that he needs to – um, he needs to slather on some, uh, you know, some, some sunscreen. Now, if he was still in Minnesota, he could probably get some NIL money from like copper tone, right. Or Australian <laughs> gold. Right. Oh, and he, he needs like an NFL endorsement deal. Right. He just does like copper tone, you know, sun, sun bomb, whoever, right. He needs a sunscreen deal for sure. Um, but aside from his, uh, Northern, uh, skin tone which he's gonna get a tan down here i mean with not a tan he's gonna get red but look as red as those numbers yeah exactly good thing he didn't wear the red jersey today like he was in the white jersey as you see there if he was in the red it would even look even worse yeah he's gonna be one freckle by the time training camp's over that's what's gonna happen just look at ryan jensen's darkest he's ever got which is not dark at all exactly from this guy yeah i I mean we're saying this now and and co-keep is gonna hear this and completely kick our ass like we're we're frigging dead for for, you know poking fun of his his melatonin here um or with melanin. I, th- I think I said yeah, melatonin because I'm, I'm, like, I'm almost ready to go to bed, fellas. It's past <laughs> my bedtime on Friday night. It's eight thirty. Uh, I, I want to go to bed soon because uh, we have we have day two tomorrow. Right. Um, but no, I I, I think that, that that again, you're you're not going to see the real Coquifed until the pads come on. The, 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 this is a guy, right? And and like when we walk into the Bucks locker room, which we're actually going to do this year, I believe, after two years of not being in there because of COVID, I think we actually get to walk in. They've got like a little clock, right? And most football programs have this countdown to, you know, the next opponent, a countdown opening day, whatever. He's got to have countdown to the first day of pads in camp. Yeah. I bet you he's already asked Todd Bowles, when does training camp start? Okay, okay, great. All right, so I got that date. When is reporting day? Got that. Okay, now, more importantly, when is the first day of pads come on? That's what he wants to know because that's where you get to see the real co-keep. And we saw him catching some passes today. Great. Yeah, they're like two yards out. Outlet it, it's a flat. It wasn't uh, – yeah. he made as many see. catches. He made as many catches today in practice as he did all of his last yeah. year at Minnesota. So right. I, I guess that's an improvement there. <laughs> I want to see the kid block because 
I, what I what I wrote in my SRS Fab Five in the last week about Coke when I'm watching some of his his tape is that when when he blocks, it, it's almost like if if you you know if you watch like one of those rom com like the romantic comedies, right, where it's like you know they're they're at a prom or they're at, you know whatever, and like there's a spotlight on the guy and the girl, right. And everyone else is like not even there. I mean, they're there, but they're not even there. When Coquive, it's it's like when, you know, when when he's got his opponent, right? Whether it's a linebacker, defensive end, whatever, it, it's like all of a sudden there's a snap of the ball, and it's like we're live. Head, the time of my life. I'm gonna block you into the ground, you bastard. You're not gonna get my quarterback. Oh, am I running back? And he's what he does. Like he just will literally just bury you. And it's like there's nobody else out in the field. He will literally just lock on his guy and the other 20 players on the field don't exist. They don't matter. And I love that about the kid. I'm waiting to see it. Yeah, he's just a football player. He's a football. He came up to the, for his press conference. And I the first thing I asked him was, how was your first day of minicamp? He's like, I'm just happy to be back on a football team to do anything I can to help this team win a championship yeah. to get back to the Super Bowl. I was like, oh, but but how was your first day? And he's just he's a football guy, he's a team first guy. He's gonna do whatever he can to help the team. And yeah. he was, and he said that too. Yeah, Minnesota, they asked me to block, so I just did it to the best of my ability. And the best of his ability to was the best in the nation yeah. uh, as a blocker. He's just a nasty guy, and I can't wait to see him side by side with Ryan Jensen. I'm so excited for that. I'm yeah. telling I'm telling you guys, we talked about it on the Fast other podcast brother. where uh we were talking about the FU blocks. We have to have an FU block counter for this season. Yes. And Coquif is going to be involved. And at the end of the yes. year, we will, you know, we will keep track, we will count up all the FU blocks. Right. Kind of like if you made a lot of money, you would count up those stacks of cash in your hand. And uh if you're gonna put your money in a Safe and secure place, mm. Scott. I believe the place you would go to is Immuni Financial. I think you're right. Wow, wizard, wizard. I went to go. Commercial or shy? I you can uh, hit the commercial. I I'll was hit at the, the commercial. Picture. Oh, okay, no worries. If you get the picture, I'm gonna hit the commercial. And okay. here we go. At Immuni Financial, we help you live in the now. Congratulations. We're so happy Thank you. you. Thank you. And even though the now may feel very different, you still need to plan for the future. How's retirement treating you? Oh, just fantastic. I know I say it all the time, but you really got to come up to Colorado. Let's do it. All right. Yeah. We can help you develop that plan to keep you on track so you can still prepare for tomorrow, today. Amuni Financial. Plan ahead. Stay ahead. Matt, JC, I say it all the time, don't I? Yes, you, you do. Colorado. But it's, it has to be reiterated. It has to be. We have to get to Colorado. And, Me too. And, and, the, and the, the best time to do it is not just for like a little weekend vacation or going to go for a week. No, like you want to be able to go there and and enjoy like a, a two-week vacation, right? We're talking about like when you retire. I'm much closer to retirement than you guys, right? I get that. But the thing is, is it's it's never too early to start planning your retirement because the earlier you start, the chances are the more money you're going to have for your retirement. Managing your family's wealth means more to a muni financial than simply allocating your assets. It means legacy planning, brokerage and advisory services, retirement accounts, college savings accounts, and insurance services. 
with 40 years of experience, do what I did. Folks, I, I literally have a Muni Financial in my financial corner. It's where most of my financial investments are. I've been thrilled with the advice, the guidance, and the money that I've made for my retirement accounts and for my college savings accounts for my kiddos. Call Immunity Financial, 1-800-868-6864. Visit Immunity.com. Even if you already have an financial advisor, even if you already have a brokerage company that you work with, it doesn't hurt to get a second opinion. This is your finances we're talking about. This is your retirement we're talking about. It's a free, no obligation consultation. Give them a call, 1-800-868-6864, or visit them on the web at Immunity.com. You'd be delighted you did. All right, guys, as we begin to wrap up the show, I do want to give a quick shout out to some of the undrafted free agent wide receivers. We mentioned them earlier, but um, some of the guys that really stood out was uh, Jarrett Stearns. Again, Mm -hmm. 5'7", he was wearing number nine. Obviously, very fast, great athleticism, was leaping up, making some catches, but he really made a lot of good receptions like in traffic with multiple defenders around him. I know he's not the prototypical size that Buccaneers – front office and coaching staff would like to see but he was fast and i thought he was impressive uh cameron brown jc you uh you had an eye on him devin topkins as well uh thought they they ran routes pretty well and stood out more than some of the other uh receivers that were out there just overall just looked comfortable so those were some of the wide receivers that i think uh and the quarterback play but uh well we should know the quarterback play was just really bad and i don't again Anyone trying to make it to the NFL level, all the respect to you, but there was passes completely, you know, over guys' heads, out of bounds, ones where they threw it and the receiver had to, like, legit stop Stop. and make the catch and then, like, keep going. So the quarterback play was was very bad. And, uh, (laughs) yeah, that hurts the receivers, you know? It does, yeah. You need need a, a... Yeah a solid quarterback to help you out. But I thought some of those receivers yeah. still. I, I think these receivers, especially the guys you mentioned, right? The, the signed undrafted free agents, the guys that are going to be in the OTAs, right? I, I think when they have the likes of, of even Kyle Trask, Ryan Griffin, mm-hmm. Blaine Gabbert throwing the ball, they're going to be like, Oh wow. <laughs> it's yeah. a spiral. It's right in my hands. You know, like why wow, he led me to the spot and I caught it. Right. Yeah. So I, yeah, I, I totally agree, Matt. They're, it's hard. It's hard to get a, a great, clean look at some of these guys because the quarterback play is just their trial guys. We did have one interception. I forget the guy's name. Yeah. Um, sitting, maybe I think it was something with an S. Yeah, um, something with one of the safeties with an S. Spill him. Yeah, spill him. Spill him. Yeah, spill him. Yeah, so he had a, he had an interception. I think. Um, and again, oh. it was a bad pass that went off the receiver's hands because he had right. to adjust was, like, yeah. to try to make the play. So, it was not right. good. But uh, you know, and that too, Andre Anthony. The Buck seventh round pick, he would have had a nice sack if if it were live. He had a nice uh, what was a club rip move, right, Scott? Uh, club on? rip on a player who will probably be <laughs> selling insurance in a week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, he had nice. And guys, I saw some people asking about it, and I uh, after the grinding the tape, I'm sure you guys are all stoked to see how Camarda did, and we put some videos up uh, on the Twitter feed yeah. there. Man, I was I counted one of his punts, and I was like one, two. He's got some hang time. He had some hang yeah. time for that for sure. And it was like a 46, 50 yard punt, too. It wasn't like a cheap little little punt. Man, this kid, and I watched him hold for the for a majority of the time, too. Not not every snap, but he looked right. very clean, very he had laces out. <laughs> you yeah. know? So I mean, 
I, this kid, sorry, opinion better. I mean, if he wasn't, if I, if I thought it was going to be a competition going into camp after watching him punt uh, today, I just, I'm very impressed with his punts. Much like I am about Jose Borgales and his kicking game. I'm waiting for you to say that. You're watching the specialist today, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. Folks, we watched it all today, uh, even though we didn't want to watch some of it because there was some, <laughs> there was some bad football. But that's to be expected when you have a bunch of trial players during Bucks rookie minicamp. The great news is we're going to be back there tomorrow, and we're going to be talking about it on Monday at 4 o'clock Eastern time. That's the next episode of the Pewter Report podcast. We appreciate you guys hanging out with us on a Friday night. It's been fun doing a couple of these primetime shows. And uh, if you wanted to hear my thoughts on the schedule, I wasn't on the podcast last night. You can read about it in my new SR's Fat 5 column on PeterReport.com. We've got a ton of content up there today. We have even more coming Saturday and Sunday. So this is not a typical weekend when it comes to content. We're going to have a bunch of it this weekend because there's a bunch of stuff to talk about from this Bucks rookie minicamp plus the schedule that just got released last night. So it's been a fun week here on PeterReport.com. We appreciate you being a part of it, watching all these great Peter Report podcasts. We do. We appreciate everybody who subscribes. We're on our way to 8,400 now, thanks to you guys. If you have not subscribed to Peter Report TV yet on YouTube, please do it because it helps us out. And it really helps us out when whether you're a subscriber or not, when you hit the like button, because when you do, it helps our algorithm on YouTube, helps us get in front of more Buccaneer fans that are as cool like you, and we love the pewter people. So please help us out. Please help our YouTube channel grow. Appreciate everybody out there tuning in to uh, us on Pewter Report TV. The Pewter Report podcast will be back on Monday, 4 o'clock Eastern time. We're going to be doing roll call, right, Matt, on Monday? Roll call. So yes, we Roll will. call 420 on Monday. So make sure you are there. Uh, folks, have an enjoyable weekend. Check out pewterreport.com for more of the Bucks rookie minicamp coverage as it comes to you tomorrow. So for J.C. Allen and Matt Matera, I'm Scott Reynolds saying have a great night, and we'll see you on Monday for another edition of the Pewter Report podcast. Enjoy your weekend. Out.